The Terrible Two, Chapter 17 Sunday, Sunset Miles clutched the chicken in his right hand, his grip firm. He transferred it to his left hand. Both palms were sweaty. So was the chicken. Behind Miles was the sound of a breaking stick. Miles whipped around. It was Niles, except Niles didn't look like Niles. It was hard to say what was different about him. He wasn't wearing his sash, but it was more than that. It was more than his must hair, more than his steely expression, more than his tan jacket and navy blue turtleneck. Well, maybe it had something to do with the turtleneck. It was that Niles looked cool in the turtleneck, and Miles had never seen anybody look cool in a turtleneck. And Miles had never seen Niles look cool at all, but he did tonight. He looked taller. He looked in control. Why did you bring the chicken? asked Niles. Miles looked down at the chicken, then back up at Niles. Um, I thought we might need it. For what? Like, maybe this meeting had something to do with the chicken, said Miles. The chicken was just a way to, del to deliver a message. A prankster often communicates with another prankster by writing a message on a rubber chicken. Oh, said Miles. Okay, so do you want the chicken back? Or should I just keep him or drop him somewhere or... Forget about the chicken, Niles said. Somewhere in the distance, a cow mooed. This meeting was getting away from Miles. You ruined my birthday party prank, he shouted at Niles. I saved your birthday party prank. Saved it? Saved it? Miles tried to laugh, but his mouth was dry and he could only cough. That's insane. You stole all my presents. Or Cody Burr Tyler stole my presents. Or whoever that was. Who was that? Some kid from Hillsdale I paid 20 bucks to impersonate Cody Burr Tyler. And he has my presents? Nope. I have your presents, Miles. And you call that saving my prank? Your prank wasn't even a prank. What? Let me ask you, Miles. How did you expect your prank to play out? I was going to get up there, tell everybody I'd pranked them, and get a bunch of presents. So you were going to walk away with all those presents after you told the entire school that you'd lied to them? Miles thought for a moment. Yes. How was that going to work exactly? I guess I thought they'd be so stunned by the prank that they'd just watch me go. Niles stared at Miles. All right, I see your point, Miles said, but it still would have made my name. I would have pranked the entire school in one go. Everybody would have known Miles Murphy. Yeah, Miles Murphy the liar and thief. Well, when you put it that way, if you prank everyone, who is left to appreciate the prank? Pranking everybody is like pranking nobody. Huh? said Miles. You're forgetting one of the basic rules of pranking, Niles said. The goat has to deserve it. The goat? Niles rolled his eyes. Do your research, Miles. A goat is what pranksters call their victims. And to be a goat, someone has to have it coming. Everybody loves to see a goat get pranked. That's why Principal Barkin is a great goat. He always has it coming. Plus, he turns purple. So you were the one who put Barkin's car at the top of the steps. Niles stared at Miles again. Who are you to lecture me about pranking, Miles asked. I was the best prankster at my old school. I was a legend. You were a yak. What? Niles sighed. A yak. A yak is someone who's always bragging about his pranks. A prankster doesn't prank for the fame. A prankster pranks for the prank. Miles tightened his grip around the rubber chicken's neck. Listen, said Niles. When people know you're a prankster, they're all watching you. 
Kids are waiting to see what you do next. Principals are tailing you down the halls. To a real prankster, that's death. The best pranks require a lot of work. They require preparation. To pull truly great pranks, you need to be invisible. The best pranks leave everyone wondering. Niles had a point. If Miles was being honest, his classic operation, Sandy Shorts, would have been much better a prank if his homeroom teacher hadn't caught him immediately. And the stuff about goats made sense, too. By the time Miles left his old town, Carl and Ben, his closest friends and near-constant pranking victims, weren't really taking his calls anymore. But, but, but it's so fun taking credit for your pranks, Miles said. Niles smiled. I agree. That's why I sent you the chicken. That's why you're here today. I have a proposal. Miles waited. I'm proposing, said Niles, that we team up. We become a pranking duo, co-conspirators, a secret society founded on mutual admiration and the joy of pranking. I even have a, a name picked out. We'll call ourselves the Terrible Two. Chapter 18 No thanks, said Miles. What, said Niles. It was the first time he'd looked uncertain today. I don't want to join your dumb society. But it would be good for you, Miles. I could teach you to avoid suspicion and... You? You could teach me? You think you could teach me? Miles's face was feeling hot. I don't need you to teach me anything. I'm a pranking legend. Oh, I didn't mean to offend you, Niles said. I agree. You have real potential. Potential? Potential? Miles was shouting now, but he didn't know it. I have ex executed pranks you would never dream of. Ever hear of situation? Cold oatmeal? The great bifocal caper? You're such a pranking expert. Did you in your research ever come across a little prank called Pile of Potato Bugs? I haven't heard of any of those pranks, Niles said. Then maybe you're the one who could learn from me, because I invented them. Okay, okay, Niles said, holding out his hands. Miles, I didn't mean to imply that... You think I need you? I think we could help each other. Ha ha, Miles said. He actually said, ha ha. Niles just stared, so Miles continued. Well, I'll say it again. No thanks, no thanks now, and no thanks forever. I'm not going to be second banana on your little prank team. In fact, Miles drew in a big breath. I declare a prank war. Miles, I don't want... You're scared. You're scared. The prank expert is scared. Let's not... I'm not taking it back. It's war. It's a prank war. Miles, I seriously think you should consider thinking about what you're saying. No, Niles. Why don't you go seriously think? Go home and start thinking. Start planning real seriously. You're going to need every brain cell you own because you can think and think and think, but I'll always be right behind you. One step ahead of you. All right, then. If that's what you want, I'm sorry that... Yeah, I'm sorry too, Niles. I'm sorry your little meeting didn't go as planned. You probably thought I was going to come here tonight and sign right up to be your stooge, but that's just it, Niles. Sparks, you don't know me. You don't know what's going on up here. Miles tapped his head with the chicken's beak. And that's why you will never win this prank war. Suit yourself, Niles said. The prank war is on. Miles Murphy watched as Niles walked away. He watched as, in the purple evening, Niles became a Niles saved shaped silhouette among cow-shaped silhouettes. He watched so intently that he didn't notice Josh Barkin coming up behind him until he was already in a headlock. I knew you'd be here, Nimbus, Josh said. How? was all Miles could get out through his windpipe. That little Nimbus Niles Sparks told me. He sold you out. 
He called me last night and said he'd tell me where you'd be if I agreed not to beat him up for lying about the lunch tray. Miles would have sighed if he could. Even your buddy isn't your friend, Josh said. Then he punched Miles in the gut. Miles dropped the chicken. Chapter 19 Day one of the prank war, said a cool voice inside Miles' head as he hid behind a plant outside the teacher's lounge. Or day two of the prank war, depending on whether you count that business last night with Josh Barkin, which I don't. Miles checked his watch. Nine minutes. He had nine minutes to execute his opening salvo. Activity time between second and third periods was a chance for students to grab a snack or step outside. It was 15 minutes bell to bell. Six of those minutes had been burned already, waiting for the corridor outside the teacher's lounge to clear. Now Miles was the only one left, peering out from behind a large philodendron. Since he'd taken his post at the beginning of activity time, he'd counted eight teachers entering the lounge. That meant he needed eight teachers to leave, right now. Miles unzipped his backpack and removed his pranking folder. The folder was nondescript and had the word forms written across it, which was the most boring word Miles could think of. Miles opened the folder and pulled out the thing that would empty the teacher's lounge. Celebrating Thank-A-Teacher Day, that means we're celebrating you. In honor of this special day, PTA moms have baked fancy cupcakes for all teachers. Sweet sweet treats for our sweet teachers. Cupcakes will be in the cafeteria during activity time, and they're sure to go fast. Mmm, thank you, teachers. Miles looked down the hallway in both directions. All clear. He did a rollout from behind the plant, scrambled across the carpet, and slipped the bright green flyer under the door. He knocked twice jumped back behind the philodendron and waited. The second hand of Miles's watch ticked 18 times before he heard the door open. Out came Mrs. Thorin, followed by Miss Lewis, Miss Gibo, Miss Mockle, Miss Treber, Miss Stevenson, and Mr. Maxwell, all on their way to a table in the cafeteria loaded with cupcakes made with extra egg yolks so so they'd be extra moist, a recipe adjustment Miles had made after the whole dry cake debacle at Cody Burr Tyler's party. I like cupcakes, Mr. Mack. Maxwell said to Miss Mockle. I hope there's chocolate, Mrs. Treber said to Mr. Stevenson. I don't get why they didn't just bring the cupcakes to the lounge, Miss Lewis said to nobody. That was only seven teachers. Miles needed eight. The door swung shut. He waited another full minute, and then another thirty seconds. Six and a half minutes to go. Who was left? Miles tried to recall the procession into the lounge. It had all happened so fast. There were kids everywhere. Barkin was shouting something in the distance, clanging lockers, swinging backpacks, a flash of silver track pants. Yes, it was Coach O. Miles was confused. Why hadn't Coach O left? Coach O had the look of a man who loved cupcakes. In fact, Miles had seen him eating prepackaged cupcakes every day for the first three weeks of school. But only for the first three weeks. Miles slumped against the wall as he remembered a conversation he'd overheard between Coach O and Coach B during P.E. last week. Coach O was going low-carb, and there were definitely carbs in cupcakes. If Miles didn't think fast, the whole prank was shot. How could he get Coach O to leave that lounge? It was almost automatic. Miles pulled out his pranking folder, removed a blank sheet of bright green copy paper, and began to write. He gave the flyer a once-over and then applied the master stroke, a smear of ink at the bottom right-hand corner that looked just like a copy machine toner. Perfect. Roll, scramble, slide, knock, and the paper says, Also, there's bacon. Happy Thank-A-Teacher Day. Miles was back behind the plant in less than six seconds. Coach O was out the door in less than three more. 
The silver track pants swished down the hall and disappeared around the corner. Three minutes left. This was it. For the last time, Miles left his cover and hurried across the hall. He grabbed the handle, paused a second, and pushed through into the teacher's lounge. The teacher's lounge, off limits to all students. The sanctum sanctorum. It smelled like coffee. Everything was beige except a dark brown couch with a big white rip down the center cushion. There were mugs everywhere and months-old magazines and nearly finished crossword puzzles. At the center of the coffee table was a platter half full of donuts, and there on the back wall was a pigeonhole message box with three dozen little cubbies, most labeled with the last name, the teacher's mailboxes. Every step Miles took across the room was imbued with the thrill of the forbidden. He felt like a spy in his enemy's castle. Miles wasn't even breathing as he stood in front of the mailboxes. Scanning strips of tape scrawled with handwritten names, Alvarez, Anderson, Barkin, Miles had practiced this next move the night before. Without looking, he reached into his pranking folder, took out a long white envelope, and stood on his tiptoes. He took one last look at his forgery. To Principal Barkin, from Niles. Miles chuckled, kissed the envelope, and plunked it into Barkin's box. He grabbed a sprinkled donut on the way out the door. By the time the bell rang, he was in the main hallway, and the donut was in his belly.